This episode of The Taylor Stevens Show is brought to you by listeners, readers, and patrons. If you'd like to learn how to support this podcast, please visit www.patreon.com slash taylorstevens. Stevens, the New York Times best-selling and award-winning author of Kick-Ass International Thrillers, and this is The Taylor Stevens Show with my good friend Steve Campbell, where we are kicking writing in the butt one word at a time. And for listeners, I can tell you that we do have farm stories today. I don't know what the farm story is, and <laughs> Taylor actually says, I have lots of farm stories, so I don't know if we're going to limit this to like the, the top of the pyramid of, of farm stories or, or what's going to happen, but we're going to get some farm stories today. So Taylor, farm story away. Well, maybe my phrase, I have lots and all of a sudden I draw mental blanks. Like I knew I had a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What were okay. we talking about? <laughs> so um, our main story tonight involves um, goslings and geese. So I've had two different no, wait a minute. Nests. Wait a minute. Before you get to that. W- yeah. We had a little bit of a farm story cliffhanger last week where you were two weeks ago, where there was a goat who you said it was Ferrari's mom, who yeah. was as big as a house. So has anything yeah. happened there? No, she's just bigger now. Oh, okay. and, and right. she she looks like, you know, how you, when when human women are pregnant. And no, they're like, I don't really, really. I, <laughs> I've never actually noticed a human woman being pregnant before. Really? Is there a difference really in them? Really pregnant? Like when they're really pregnant and they're at that stage of just get this thing out of me right now, which if you've never experienced it, you probably should be grateful. Um, She's like that. But I don't know how much like walk, watching her walk, you know, it's just like (laughs) that doesn't look pleasant. So eventually she shall release the hostages. But when I do not know. And who even knows if it's hostages, plural or just a singular hostage, because Ferrari had her baby and it was a big bouncing baby but just one so um All yeah right. i don't know so that's, we're Sorry, still i interrupted that. your lead story that's okay that's just a good way to get into it so it's been gosling hatching season well uh, for me with the incubator right but finally uh a bunch of these geese are just they've had it and they're going to sit and then that's it and there's only two nests which you'd think they could go make themselves another nest, but they just fight over who gets to sit in the nest. And it's very goose opera drama about how that goes on. But so he got two nests and then um, Francis, my, my my lovely favorite Francis, is sitting on one of those nests. And she's a really, really she's the oldest of all the geese. So she's this is, I think, her third sitting season. She's really good. She's a good goose mom. And so what I do is I, she'll let me mess with her and stuff on the, on the nest. She doesn't like it, but she's not going to attack me or anything. Anybody else, they're going to take a chunk out of my hand. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll go out like when it's at night with a flashlight and I'll candle the eggs and then mark them so that I know like how about how far along they are. And then um, I'll take away any eggs that have been recently laid or are underdeveloped. If they're already started, I'll just stick them in the incubator and, and deal with it. But the reason I did that is because they'll keep sitting on the nest waiting for the rest of the eggs to hatch, and that's not going to happen. Um, but they've already got, you know, little goslings or whatever. 
So I wanted to keep them all sort of similar rate of incubation under the nest. So I, I did that. And um, a few nights ago, I say maybe four nights ago, I went to check on her and all the eggs except for one were missing. And I was so mad because I knew exactly what had happened. There's this big snake that's been hanging around. And I was, the snakes have gotten into the nest before and it always makes me mad, but usually it's, by it would have happened already long before now. You don't get to where the eggs are just within a couple, you know, a week of hatching and all of a sudden they're all gone. That just made me so angry. So I was like, well, what am I going to do? Because she's been sitting here on this nest faithfully all this time and now all her eggs are gone. And it just so happened that I had a hatch in the incubator where every, they're all starting to hatch. And I was like, okay. So I I went and put four of them under two. Two were already hatched <laughs> and one was halfway out of the shell and one had made really good progress towards making a dent in the shell. So I put those under her. And then I went and checked the other goose nest and those three eggs were still there. But I was like, let's get everybody on the same schedule. So I put three of the eggs underneath. I took those three and put three that are going to hatch soon underneath that goose as well. And so um, all of Francis's babies hatched. But as soon as the, the cries of the newborn and started echoing across the farmyard, the other geese went, huh? Babies? <laughs> And they didn't want to sit on the nest, but now that there's babies in the nest, oh, they most definitely wanted those babies. So Frances got her four little babies underneath her. And then another one of the geese, and I, I don't know which one it was, she's like scooching Frances over, like move, move. And then the, both of them are sitting there on the nest. Like if I can't have the babies, I'm going to get as close as possible to them and maybe convince them that I'm the mom. So I was like, all right, you, you guys do your thing. I actually did try taking, okay, so I have to back up. When the geese are sitting on the nest, the ganders become very protective and, and they're like, they're in there too. They're, they're not just wandering around. They're, they're actively involved and they're very aggressive. And so I didn't want all four of these guys all tromping around the nest. So it's not fair to Francis. It's actually was five because there's, there's two boys that are interested in Francis. And so, um, so I, I got them all and hauled them out of the backyard and locked the gates and put barriers under the parts. Cause the, the backyard is not completely level. Like there's an elevation change. So there's some parts under the, the backyard fence where they can get underneath it. So I blocked all those off. And I was like, okay, it'll give her peace and quiet. And 20 minutes later, they're all back in the backyard again. I haul them all off, kick them all out again. And then they're back in the, I was like, okay, there's nothing I can do about this. So I just <laughs> let them be. Meanwhile, in the other nest that I had given three eggs, she hatched one and then crushed the other two accidentally because of fighting over the nest with the other geese. It's just, uh, okay, so it happened. So five babies, right? So the next morning I come out and I only see three babies under Francis. And I'm like, well, crap. Did the snake get one of them or whatever? And I just look around the bushes and there's the other goose and her guy and one single little baby. So she stole a baby. 
And I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> so the, the problem for me is that I do not know. I've never seen it happen. How long it takes, like how long do they sit on the nest with the babies having hatched them before they get up and start walking around? Now, when I incubate them myself, um, I know that, and this is with chicks, it's with goslings, it's with tur turkey poults, whatever, they can usually go about three days without food and water before they desperately need to be fed and watered because they're still absorbing all the nutrients and the hydration and everything from the yolk sac. So that's my timeline. I'm like, okay, we've got about three days before we have a problem. And at the end of day two, I'm like, let me try and move these goslings at least onto the grass see if they'll eat a little bit, see if Francis will let them. And oh my God, she was so angry. And as soon as I did that, she went storming back to the nest. And because there was a, a set of stairs involved, I had to help the babies up so they could follow her back to the nest. And I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to let her do whatever she does. And on the third day, I noticed that the other goose was walking around with her little baby. So I was like, all right, let me go look in the backyard and see what's going on. And there were four of them. There was the two geese and the two ganders as like a, a parenting group with the four babies between them. So that's their gaggle now. And so they, they'll move them into the grass and they'll eat and they just kind of hover around the, the babies as like infantry protecting their cache of gold in the middle or something. And I'm like, all right, we'll see how long you guys can manage to keep them alive. Um, I had talked before about how I really wanted to have the buff, the American buff geese, and how I'd only managed to hatch one. And I was afraid of just turning them loose, not having been hatched by any geese or like being on a nest, just like here, have a, a day old baby. So I kept them in a brooder, uh, the one American buff goose and then one brown Chinese that I held back and saved just so that the, the one wouldn't be alone. So there's two of them. And I had them in an outdoor brooder and I kept them until they were like maybe, I don't know, three or four weeks old. And then I turned them loose just to see what would happen. Like, are you going to get adopted or what? And there was a big fight, big, huge fight over who got to keep the babies. But then somebody won and they they have a mom now. And the um, there have been huge storms and big rain and flood and they're, they're alive still. So that's amazing. But then after that, another hatch happened where there were two, there were three American buff geese that that hatched. But one of them, of all the luck, hatched upside where the beak was pointing down towards the bottom instead of up. And so it suffocated like it got oh. all that way and then mm -hmm. it died. And I was like, oh, my God, that's awful. And then one of them hatched all by itself. And then the third one. It it broke, it poked through where it was gonna bleed. Like I could see blood. And so I was like, are you kidding me? And it was because it was upside down in the shell. And I, and I was like, what what's the luck, the odds of this, you know? And so I worked so hard to save that stupid little thing's life by by putting pressure on the parts that were bleeding and then slowly over like the course of 24 hours working it out of the shell like i wanted to, it to stay in the shell as long as possible um because it need it wasn't ready yet but i had to also be careful that it didn't like bleed itself again and but anyway it survived so yay that and then just yesterday or the day before when all, 
all this other, no, well, however long it was, I don't have any sense of time. The most recent one where I gave all those babies to Francis, there was one more buff goose that hatched itself. So I got four of them, which is twice as many as I got last year. So I'm happy about that. So those are the yeast stories. And then those big storm, storms that blew through, there's this massive tree out by the chicken yard. And you remember, I think we talked about this on the podcast, about how there was, I had this metal storage shed that had got blown over in the wind and I had to build a new base for it. And I miscalculated on the side, <laughs> miscalculated <laughs> the length and I built it six inches too short. So then I had to figure out how to extend length in a stable way. And I built the, the mother of all platforms. Like this thing is not going anywhere. It's solid, bolted it down, totally salvaged this metal shed. And I was so proud of myself. And then that big, huge tree just blew down on top of it. It's like a 50 foot tree. Oh my and God. I cannot even like words fail to describe how much tree this is because it wasn't like just a tall, straight tree. It had branches, like huge, huge branches coming out, like, I don't know, 25 feet, you know, from the center total, like, you know, 10 or 15 feet on one side, 10 or 15 feet on the other side, whatever the dimensions are for trees, the, the ratio, really tall, really wide, huge branches. Like if you had three people and they all kind of clustered together and held each other in a hug, that's about how thick the, the trunk is for this tree. And just boom, just ripped it right out of the ground, like just huge hole where the <laughs> roots were. And, and it's laying on top of my metal shed. <laughs> and I have no idea how it's going to take like a reverse barn raising to get that thing pulled down. So I've already got friends lined up to come on the weekend. And it's going to be an all day thing with chainsaws. And I can't, I don't have the physical capacity to do that without triggering just like massive brain fog. So I, I'll be serving food and drinks, <laughs> but we're going to have to a lot of help because this, th I just, I cannot even describe to you how much tree this is. That's going to have to be broken down. It'll become a safety hazard if we don't. And so, yeah, the, okay. Those are mostly all my farm stories. I told you it was a lot. Hey, those are good ones. Those are good ones. <laughs> So, Taylor, we are recording this on May 8th. It's going to release on May 16th. Did you know that the first episode we ever did was on May 18th of 2015? I did not know that it was in May. I, I had looked. I knew we started this in 2015. I know we've been doing this for eight years. But I had no idea that the dates were so close today to when our first one was. That's kind of crazy. It is crazy. And it, it's significant, too, because of what comes next. What, what <laughs> comes next, Taylor? <laughs> well, <laughs> this has been a, 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 lot, a hard decision to make. But... I think we need to take a bit of a, I need to take the summer off and pause the show for a bit to focus on getting some of this other stuff that's been backed up. Hopefully, fingers crossed, getting it taken care of. So it's kind of just crazy that those dates kind of align. I, I had no idea. 
It is crazy. Eight years. We've I can't, I can't even imagine the number of things we've talked about. We have basically done. We've had an occasional break of a week or so, but basically we've been doing an episode every week for what was it? It's eight years. Eight years. Eight years. Um, yeah. yeah. So summer vacation. I'm excited. I haven't had summer vacation since I was in high school. <laughs> I've never had summer vacation. <laughs> That's yeah, that's true. Your first ever oh, summer vacation. My first ever summer vacation. Are you gonna hang out yeah, with your friends? So, um you're gonna hang out with all your friends? Or will you miss all your school friends while you're gone? I don't have friends. <laughs> my entire life is my my listeners, my readers, my online communities. And like that takes up all my friendship time. So I don't have a ton of friends that I go and hang out with on the regular, a few, a handful. So yeah, maybe, well, I know that we're going to have to have our reverse barn raising ceremony. So I'll definitely be calling friends in for that. But um, I, I suspect it's going to be a very quiet summer with a lot of time spent on the computer. Hopefully things go right. And do you expect, this is me questioning you again, do you expect that you will finish this nonfiction extravaganza that you've been working on over the summer? If not, I may have to uh, put myself out of my misery. <laughs> <laughs> I I very much hope so. Um, the second part that I've been working on it's like it's all in my head and the the details are all lined up. But every time I start writing about something, I have I keep second guessing. I have to go double check or there'll be something that I run up against that I, I can't understand. Like the science. Why can't I find the science on this? And it'll take, you know, just. Way too, too long, too much frustration to be able to connect the dots uh, it, it involves like so I'm not asking the right questions. How do I ask the right question? What is the right question? And eventually, just from following link after link after link, and oh, there's uh, some word phrases used there. Maybe th that's the right way to to phrase it. And eventually, I'll find the path to answer the question and have the documentation I need to say this is how this works and why. And it just drags everything out so long. So I, I hit a few of those roadblocks in the last few weeks, and it was very frustrating. I, I should have already been done with part two, but now I think I have what I need to speed that along. And I'm hoping part three, which is all the 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 changes that I've been making and the effects that those have had and my plan for fixing myself, should be the easiest of the three to write. So, yes, by the end of summer, I will be finished. God, I hope a lot sooner than that. But as a, as a general rule, it always takes me way longer than I think it's going to to write something. So thanks for asking, Steve. And from a fixing yourself standpoint, you are yeah. making progress. Are you not? Yeah, uh, no, I am for sure. I I've had so many more days of better clarity than I once did. And it's it's created these moments of like frustration where I'll crash. And there was this one thing that happened recently where I had days where I simply could not get out of bed. I mean, I could tumble myself out of bed and get to my feet to go to the bathroom 
and to, you know, get food and then crawl back in bed. But like the brain capacity to do anything other than that simply wasn't there. It's just the sleepy. It's like having a fever, a really high fever. You know how your brain gets all clouded and your body hurts and you've got no energy and just walking across the room makes you like struggle to catch your breath. It's like that, but without being sick. And, and I don't know what triggered it. And, and it, it was very, very depressing because I had done so much already to like bring myself out of that condition. So it made me think, well, does this mean what I'm doing isn't working? Am I destined to, to be at the mercy of these fickle bodily responses that I can't control for the rest of my life? Or does it mean that I've made so much progress that now when I have these episodes, they're different from normal. And I feel them because this isn't normal anymore. And I don't know the answer to that, but I'm starting to suspect that it's the second one where they stand out so much because I'm having more and more good days. And I think I'm starting to become more aware of what triggers those episodes and how to avoid them. I have, uh, I mean, this is all that I'm writing about. So I don't, you know, if you haven't read the material, it's not going to make any sense to you. And if you have read it, then this isn't enough to fill you in. So I should probably just stop. <laughs> but needless to say, yes, I think my, I think I'm doing good. Um, every day I learn new things and I'm able to apply them. And I think that cumulatively it is having a very positive effect, but I am not in control of how fast or how much progress gets made. And that becomes frustrating. So, um, but I don't think it would be possible for me to write the volume that I'm writing at the speed that I'm writing. If I didn't have so much more of my brain capacity given back to me, and I just need to finish this thing so I can set it aside and be done with it. And then I can move on to the next thing. And I've got so much waiting on me projects that I've started, books that I've started, ideas that I wanted to implement. And and everything is bottlenecked by by me, by this brain that doesn't want to do what it's supposed to do. But I am having more days, more and more days uh, sequentially where it does do what it's supposed to do. And eventually I, I do, I have to believe I'm going to figure this out. And that's what I'm writing about, but I want to be done writing about it so I can do other stuff. So Taylor, what do we want listeners to do in the meantime? Don't go anywhere. <laughs> Apps or from your playlists or whatever. I mean, yes, this yes. is not so, a, a goodbye or anything. Yeah. So let me, let me um, just, just jump in here. Yes. So yes. Leave us in your podcast playlist. When the next episode comes out, you'll see it. Um, you don't, there's nothing else you need to do. You don't need, there's no notification. It's just going to show up at the end of the summer when we have the next episode. So yeah, please but, leave but us also, in your playlist. Like if you, if you run into a writing problem or a story problem and you're like, oh man, this is something I wish I could have sent into the show and um, it's too bad that now I can't. No, yes, you still can. It might take us a little bit longer to get to it, but if there's something really good you we'll, we'll we'll record a show like if we have something we'll record a show um so don't don't worry about that just send it anyway 
But most of all, keep us on your playlist because this is not a goodbye or anything. It's just a, hey, we need to pause and I need to take a little bit of a break. I feel like we should play like a Beach Boys song as as an outro for, there's got to be some sort of a summer vacation song. But we'd get in trouble for, for using copyright <laughs> copyrighted material. <laughs> yeah, record the gooses honking at each other. There we go. So we will not be back in your ear next Tuesday, we, but we will be back in your ear at the end of the summer, if not earlier. So thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, for the length of time that you've been listening, and I know some of you have actually been listening for eight years, so uh, we can't thank That's you insane. enough for that. Yeah, you guys are awesome. And and it's been the best. I have I have really I we have gone this far because of you. Like the fee, the audience feedback just hearing from listeners there'd be no point in us continuing as long as we have just to hear ourselves talk. It's the the audience interaction that has fed this show. So thank you for that. Thank you for giving us eight long years. And if we're lucky, another eight after this. So thanks for being here, guys. You're, you're amazing. You're optimistic. Eight. eight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not thinking about the show. I'm thinking about my expiration date. <laughs> we got to keep Steve alive, right? So um, <laughs> thanks for being here. And we'll be back in your ear before too long. 